So Zack Snyder's Justice League has been out for nearly a week now, so I thought it'd be a fun time to rank all the DCEU movies with the extended cuts. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning. We discuss all things movies, reviews, rankings, and all of that fun stuff. Today, we're going to be discussing the DCEU. We're going to be continuing our discussion on it. Of course, last week we had the release of Zack Snyder's Justice League, so I thought it'd be a Finally, a great time to rank, update my ranking of these. I know I only did it three months ago, but there has been a lot of change in this ranking. And believe me when I say a lot, you'll see as we get into it. A lot of movies have dropped a lot, one particular one. And a few movies have climbed up quite a bit. And our, re- our recent, most recent movie has, you know, has gotten a very interesting place on the list. I just want to say that. And I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to get into it. All this, I, I, I will include spoilers for all of these movies without mentioning pretty much a warning, except when I do talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League, if I do get into spoilers, which that's an if, I will mention, I will give you a spoiler warning before I do that. So make sure not to skip, when, when you, just for the Zack Snyder's Justice League section, if you haven't seen it yet, and you've seen all the other ones, make sure to not skip over too much because you might miss a spoiler warning. So I'm just warning you there, and with that said, I'm gonna get started with this ranking. There are 11 movies, we've got both cuts of BVS, as well as Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So let's get into it starting now. Coming in my number 11 is Suicide Squad. For me, this movie is by far, in my opinion, still the movie that I find to be the most messy. Even with Justice League, this movie still kind of stands out due to its really miserable editing. As someone who, you know, I've, you know, I've looked in a lot about, you know, film editing and how that kind of goes. I'm really surprised where how they managed to come up with this movie and how it was accepted and how WB actually was okay releasing this to the public because the first like 30 minutes literally feels like an extended music video and that's not even me joking once you see it you know you'll know exactly what I'm talking about I'm sure you have seen this movie and the more and let I'm going to get into more what doesn't work first firstly I don't like a lot of the villains in this movie too enchantress that's even her name, I don't remember. And uh, she's not good at all. The main villain at the end, that was very bad. Amanda Waller is interesting. And I consider more of a villain because she kind of... You'll see if you've seen the movie. But I consider more of a villain. And I think she is interesting. But they don't use her well enough in this movie. And I don't like Jared Leto's take on the Joker in this movie. We'll get to the other one later. I don't like the way he plays the Joker in this movie. And I think part of that is due to how David Ayer kind of direct them. And this movie is overall just an absolute mess. And I think what really, really makes it a watchable movie is the fun, like, Suicide Squad cast themselves, especially Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Will Smith, I actually really like his Deadshot. And I like, like, a little bit of like his... I like that they had a relationship with him and his daughter. Wasn't done the best, but I do like they had that in there. And I think with a better cut, or maybe a better director at the helm, or better writer especially... They should have done better. But then again, WB did only give Air like six weeks to write the script, which is absolutely insane for a big blockbuster or any feature film for that matter. But I do, but I think Margot Robbie definitely showed a lot of potential in this movie, and she's great. And she has come on to become one of my favorite parts of this whole, DC, of this whole universe. So I'll get into another movie starring her a little later. And I know there's a lot of talk about this movie getting an Air cut and all of that, but to me... I don't know how it would fix because fix this movie because he got so little time to write the script and the, the movie just doesn't have a good enough plot in my opinion to justify its existence and 
while I will watch it, I don't see it being a big improvement on the film, unfortunately. But I do think that maybe giving Jared Leto a bit more screen time and probably it will get in that error cut if we do ever get it may help with me liking his interpretation of the Joker, but I just don't see it as of right now. Number 10 for me is Justice League 2017, or it's been come to known Justice League. This movie is a mess, like I talked about with Suicide Squad. And for me, this is one that I feel like Joss Whedon definitely made a lot more mistakes now having seen the Snyder Cut than I initially realized. For example, there were quite a lot of scenes in the Snyder Cut or in this film, the Justice League 2017, that I found really funny. What turned out to be was actually those scenes were actually Zack Snyder scenes. And I feel like the majority of what Whedon added, as well as changed from Snyder's version, was infinitely worse. And this just kind of brings this movie down for me. I wasn't a fan of this movie from the beginning, although I did slightly enjoy it at first. But this, what he did can hear, and the changing of tones, and just the awful like kind of vision for this movie. There's like clearly two distinct visions. So someone, want, one of them wants to make an epic long superhero tale and the other one just wants to make this disposable kind of just like movie that you'll watch have fun with and just forget about instantly and those two tones don't match especially because Snyder's film is four hours and this Whedon cut is under two hours part of that is because Warner Bros mandated that but he but I think Whedon kind of cut out a lot of the wrong stuff some of that is the backstory of Steppenwolf and Steppenwolf definitely just he gets a lot stripped from his character, and because of that, he's not interesting or fun to watch. He's not a standout villain in this comic book genre we've had. We have so many great ones from DC and Marvel to where Whedon's version of it just doesn't work. And there's so many interpretations of our Justice League members which are completely, completely messed up. We have Batman who's used like a disposable character, and it's really disappointing. The Flash is treated as a joke, and all of Cyborg stuff is cut out. Don't even get me talking about Henry Cavill's mustache. Number nine for me is Batman v Superman, the theatrical cut. So I will say I will have another segment, obviously talking about the Ultimate Edition. It will, it will be a bit later. So for this one, for that, for that one, this segment will be a lot shorter. Let's talk about VVS, the theatrical cut at first at number nine. So there's a lot, so firstly, I really like our two lead characters and Ben Affleck as Batman. He's going to become maybe my favorite Batman. He's definitely contending there with Christian Bale. Christian Bale just had more of an arc that spanned through one more movie, but also it kind of had a more clear vision for where it was going. And it just, to me, his story arc completes a bit better while Ben Affleck were kind of just dropped in the middle of him at a certain stage of life. While maybe if we had a bit more, he might be my favorite Batman. But I absolutely love Henry Cavill as Superman too. And obviously when you talk about Batman, I might as well get out of the way. Get out of the way. Um... The warehouse fight scene is one of the best action scenes I've ever seen in my life and by far the best action Batman action scene of all time. But the problem when it comes to the theatrical cut is that it's way too convoluted for its two-and-a-half-hour runtime, and it really, really needed to be longer. Now, there's a few more problems with this movie in particular. This movie's trying to be like five different movies. A few of, the, a few of those are trying to be a Batman v Superman movie, it wants to be kind of like, it wants to kind of tell the Batman origin mixed in with where he is now, kind of like a Dark Knight Returns take. And it also wants to be a Man of Steel sequel and kind of tell that continuation of that story as well as be the setup for the Justice League movie that was going to release like two years later. And this movie just never gives you enough time to get invested into any of these. The only one that I was into was Batman side of things. And that's mainly because I loved 
both Alfred and Batman's portrayal, but even then, I don't feel like they get enough in that two and a half hour runtime, and most of that is devoted to stuff that I don't care about, such as Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor, which to me, to this day, I'm still not a fan of his portrayal, but hopefully one day, maybe he can get a redemption, I don't know, but to me, the theatrical cut is just too convoluted, and it's just... It's a much harder watch than the Ultimate Edition as well as Zack Snyder's other two movies. Coming in my number eight is a film that's dropped quite a bit and that is Wonder Woman 1984. This is obviously a massive tonal shift from the 2017 film. It jumps into the 80s, which is complete, a completely different era. And I expected it, the Wonder Woman character to have developed a lot more than I was hoping. Unfortunately, it didn't, again, reach out like I already mentioned. But overall, I think Gal Gadot was still really good as the character. And I, while I enjoy Chris Pine, I feel he's definitely wasted in this one. And the, all the effort to bring him back didn't really pay off for me. In terms of the villains, I did really like Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. But Kristen Wiig's Cheetah, especially rewatching, it does not work at all to me. Because there's way too much suspension of disbelief required. For a movie that's set in the same universe as a movie like Batman v Superman, which kind of... Not Batman v Superman, what was it? As the first Wonder Woman where it kind of is definitely a lot more grounded, but still obviously there's scenes where it goes very far. But for this movie, there's just too much, like in terms of like the magical stone, they have like the monkey's paw artifact, which felt a little too like off, like off the beat we had from the DCU so far that it didn't really work for me on rewatch especially. But what I do enjoy about this movie a lot more than most people, other than, you know, it's really long runtime, is that it has this kind of optimistic vibe to it, which... I don't get from as much superhero films as I want to nowadays that it just kind of, and I think I enjoyed this one a lot more when it released because of the time it released in. We hadn't had like a new big blockbuster in nearly like five months. And even then it was, we hadn't had, you know, like a comic book movie in 10 months. It was kind of like we were returning to something. And I think that's why I enjoyed it a lot more then. But now I just kind of look back and I just kind of enjoy the themes this movie tackled, like the trust and hope. And nothing shows that, showcases that better than the opening scene, which is now, especially in that IMAX aspect ratio they released on digital, it looks fantastic. Number seven for me is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. This movie definitely improves by adding a lot more development to the storylines, especially in terms of Superman's motives. It, and, it's, and also Lois Lane, and it just seems more Clark Kent, the person, adds more to why he's doing what he's doing as well as into Lois Lane's investigation. The plot doesn't feel cl quite as clunky. It flows a lot better, and furthermore, just overall with this Batman v Superman film, I just really like the, like how ambitious and all the all like the ideas that Snyder's trying to tackle, and I definitely appreciate that more than a lot of people, and that's why I really like this movie, because of this ultimate cut. Number six for me is Birds of Prey, a film that's gotten quite a bit of chatter on the internet. And still, I would say, I would still call myself a fan of this one. This is another one that I think I didn't enjoy as much as I watched the first time. Well, I haven't seen it since I watched the first time, but I think kind of just looking back, there are a few more issues in terms of, I think it's structuring. And it didn't doesn't fully, like, kind of, in my opinion, sh show off, like, trying to get across what it's trying to get across the best. But I still really like the chaotic nature of the film. It's very unique in this DCEU. And I really like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and what's going on inside her head, how everything's playing out. It works in that manner, but it doesn't do the best job of getting across what it wants to. The Birds of Prey are definitely my least favorite part of the movie besides Harley Quinn because 
they're just really underdeveloped, even though they're in the title of the movie. And this is definitely a Harley Quinn movie. And I would have preferred if they kind of just got rid of the Birds of Prey entirely and made this kind of just a Harley Quinn with Ewan McGregor's uh, Roman Sionis throw in there. And I really like him as Black Mask. I, want, I do want to say that again. I, his portrayal of it is so much fun. And I really enjoyed having Ewan McGregor kind of go completely over the top the way he does. And I think what I have to mention with this movie right before we get out of here is that I love the action in this. It is a lot of fun. It's bone crunching and it is, it is just, it's brutal, but it's really fun to watch. And it's in these long takes, which I was really surprised by from this movie. And I really enjoyed that. And overall, I enjoy this movie. So yeah, fight me. Kicking off my top five is a film that's jumped up quite a bit. And that is Shazam. The first thing you got to talk about with this movie is, of course, Zachary Levi. And he's just so much fun. He's got this like useful energy and charm and innocence to him, which I don't think many act- actors can capture, which is why I'm so excited that hopefully in the future we're going to get more of him in these types of these really fun and comedic roles, but also more of him as his character in the DCEU besides a Jack Dylan Grazer. And Astro Angel, for the most part, I would say also do quite good as the teenagers. And this movie to me is a movie that's always been separated into three parts. And I never really like that because... So not three parts, but separate into three sections that I judge it based off. The first act is extremely predictable to me. They pretty much showed the whole thing in the trailer, which really ruined it for me in the first like in the first trailer they showed nearly the entire first act. It had quite a bit more heart than I was expecting from the trailer, so I did respect it on that level, but I just couldn't get into it. It was a little too exposition heavy for me. And then uh the uh second act And the uh, second act for me um, definitely works a lot better. It's my favorite section of the movie because it's so much fun doing these YouTube videos on practicing on being a superhero, like testing a superhero. And it's just so much fun. That's always what I've wanted to see from. Uh, that's always that's what I've always wanted to see from uh, from like a, from like these more fun type of superhero movies. I never thought this would be our take on Shazam, but that's what we got, and it was so much fun in this second second act. And then. Moving on from that, the third act, I think, might be the weakest part of the movie. As in, the pacing of this movie is really off. But even the third act, the third act isn't doesn't contribute to that. But it definitely has things that I'm not a fan of, such as introducing the Shazam family. I didn't really like any of the characters besides our two main leads. So I didn't really like when they all just kind of became superheroes. Well, it had a heart to it. That did that part didn't work for me. But I will say that I really do like the tone for the most part, the more lighthearted comedic tone. I really like the few moments of horror we got, although the CGI was pretty off. Four for me is Aquaman, a film that I deeply love and I don't care what anyone ever tells me. This is one of the most over-the-top, cheesy, and just insane bonkers, movie I've ever, bonkers movies I've ever seen in my life, and I absolutely love it for it. And everyone in this movie definitely plays into that, especially Jason Momoa is playing Arthur Curry. And I never thought we'd get an interpretation of the character, or I should say more of a take on the character, as good as Jason Momoa is doing, because he's so much fun. The movie is just overall just a fun movie to look at. What contributes to that is definitely James Wan's direction. The way he directs action, especially in that scene in Sicily where... The camera's just following them around. It was shown in one of the trailers, and I was like, wow, that looks amazing. And it was even better in the movie, especially the extended sequence. And there's 
also quite a few good moments of emotion in this movie, although they're played down a lot by how crazy a lot of the other the movie is, especially that third act, which I love watching. I don't care. It's one of the best movies to watch on your 4K TV or whatever. But I will say that I think my main issue with this movie is I think that the comedic parts do sometimes take away from the from the uh, from like the more emotional aspects of the movie they want to tackle, and I think that some of the music choices are way off for me, and I don't like them. But besides that, a really enjoyable flick. Getting into our top three now, we have Wonder Woman, a film that watching it again, I think the war setting definitely enhanced it a lot more than I remember. Obviously, we talked about that no man's land sequence and all of that. But more, it kind of really played into the themes they were trying to explore, especially, you know, around how people were treated at that time, you know, equality and all that stuff. And it's done so well in this movie. I love the war setting for that. There's so many great, powerful moments that to me were missing in that second movie. Also, they were in there, but they didn't hit as hard because I don't think it was handled quite as well. Where in this movie, the No Man's Land sequence, and, you know, just the sequence prior to that, or Wonder Woman's just seeing these people lying in the trenches. It's so heartbreaking, but you can feel the heroism when she kind of just stands up and she just walks out there and it's just it's really moving stuff and I, I didn't really catch on to that as much the first time and what definitely it had another thing that definitely this movie has in you know in favor over that first movie is I feel the relationship between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot works better in this one because the way they come together in Themyscira which by the way it looks beautiful and it just all the origins and backstories they go into works this is still a long movie, but it just feels a lot quicker. And Chris Pine and Gal Gadot are great, obviously. And I love Steve Trevor in this movie. He's one of my favorite characters in the whole DCU, to be honest with you. And I'm really disappointed that they weren't able to bring him back in a better way for that second movie. But what's always held this movie down for me, and I think for a lot of people, is that third act. It definitely goes a little too far in the CGI. What, or the overuse of CGI in Ares isn't the best villain, but... What I love about that third act is what happens with Steve Trevor. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. But then by the end of the movie, you definitely feel like you've had an experience. And it's just, it's great stuff. I, I really, I really, really like this movie. And that's why it comes in at number three. My runner-up is Zack Snyder's Justice League. And even as someone who's been a fan of the Justice League and Batman and Superman and The Flash for all of his life, and someone who really enjoyed Snyder's, both of Snyder's other two films, I could never have imagined the Snyder Cut being as good as it actually wound up being. This film is a true superhero epic, and I'm so glad that Zack Snyder got to fill his vision. At first, I was like, all right, I'm really glad he's getting to do it, but I'm expecting him to kind of just enjoy this movie, not love it. It's probably going to be way overstuffed, like BVS, but it turned out to be a movie that was absolutely perfect for that four-hour runtime, except for the overuse of slow-mo. Oh, my God. You definitely notice that on rewatch. I think someone calculated today that actually 10% of this movie is in slow-mo, which is mad. But anyways, we'll, we'll leave that for a later discussion. But this is a true superhero epic, and the slow-mo definitely does play into that. Everything about this movie improves on the theatrical cut. The score is better. The action is way better. Way more memorable moments. The emotional, the depth of emotion is definitely gone further, as well as the character development is massively, massively improved. The Flash and Cyborg definitely have a lot more screen time here. The characters are mainly improved to where Cyborg might have been my favorite part coming out of the movie. And he's become, I think, maybe in my top three favorite DCEU characters because 
of what they did with him in this movie and how much they went into his backstory. And especially Steppenwolf, who to where his characterization has completely changed through just a few, a few scenes of them going into why he's doing what he's doing, bringing in Darkseid and talking about all that. It's just some really, really great stuff because you get more of a motivation. He's, he, and he looks a lot better. And obviously we have Superman's return. I think he's definitely used better. This is my favorite interpretation of Superman that Snyder has showed us because he has a big mix of that fun Superman as well as the darker take we've seen in this universe. He's definitely a lot more hopeful now that he's back. And that wasn't just weed and stuff. It was more just like, you know, the farm scene they do in here again. It's so much better. And now I'm getting into minor spoilers. I do want to talk about something. So spoiler alert and just skip to number one. You already know what it is. Just skip to number one starting from this moment. I really like the way he was brought back. I love the scene showing the nightmare visions and all of that. And especially the third act, the way he comes in, he just goes like, not impressed. And he just kicks Steppenwolf. He breaks Steppenwolf's axe and just kicks him. And then Hans Zimmer's theme plays in the back. Oh, it's absolutely spectacular. And obviously, I love the way the Flash plays into that third act, reversing time. That's definitely one of my favorite scenes of the movie, re-watching it. And it's really memorable. And I love the way they feel. I love the way everything moves. And obviously that Nightmare Mercy went to the end. While, while it felt a little tacked in, I love the conversation between Batman and Joker. And I really wish we had seen more of Jared Leto's take on the Joker, more like this. But coming into my number one is Man of Steel. I love this movie. This is my favorite DC movie, I think, since Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. And now the DC is basically the only thing since then. But obviously when you're talking about this movie, you have to talk about Henry Cavill. My personal favorite character in the DC, you know, I've said a lot about that, a lot about, about a lot of the characters, but to me, he has a fullest character arc from this movie until uh, Snyder's Justice League. And just in this movie, I love the darker take on Superman. And it's something that not everyone will get into, but I love it. I love the scope and epicness of Snyder's film, as always. And this movie has just always worked for me, and I loved it. At first, I absolutely loved it when I first watched it. And over the years, I kind of warmed on it a little. It was kind of just sitting with me, but I think I've come to love it even more over the past three or four years, mainly because of kind of how deep it goes with his storytelling. The way he structures it also is kind of similar. It reminded me of Batman Begins because it's kind of out of order, and it just it has all that flair that I love within within like some of these superhero movies. While it, and also has a really good villain in... Um, in uh, General Zod, who I don't think gets gets as much you know recognition for what he does in this movie. Well, not recognition, but not as much. Um, we have recognition about this movie because I think he's really good, and I love the way he ties into Jor El, and I love Russell Crowe as that character, by the way. And just all that fun. I mean, it's just in this, this movie is everything I've ever wanted a Superman movie to be. It's my personal preference of what I like the take of him to be because he definitely grows into more of the optimistic hero by the end of Justice League, but in this movie, he starts off at a darker place, and I love Jonathan and Martha Kent, how they tie into the story, and it just comes out to be a fantastic film. And that's why, for me, Man of Steel is still at number one. So with that said, that comes to the end of this DCU ranking. What is yours? Leave it under your rating on Apple Podcasts if you can if you're listening on there. But besides that, make sure to share this episode with your friends. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.